Paul and Seth Hyde, the brothers behind Grandpa Loves Rhinos, have joined the antidote. Good to have the two of you here. Thanks, Dave. Good yeah, to be here. Grandpa Loves Rhinos, that has to be the most intriguing band name of all time. There's got to be a story. <laughs> so when we started the band, you know, we wanted something that would stand out. It's just so saturated with all the bands out there. And we didn't want to take ourselves too seriously with coming up with a, like a really cool name. Um, but we wanted something that would stand out. And Grandpa Loves Rhinos does mean something to us. So, you know, growing up, our grandpa, he happened to love rhinos. Uh, it was this weird thing where everyone would get him, you know, collectible stuff like figurines, ties, hats, you name it he had a huge room in his house that was just full of rhino stuff. And it was just this thing that we knew that grandpa loved rhinos and he would talk about it and you would get him stuff. Um, he owned land that we would go camping in the summers called the rhino ranch. His nickname was rawhide. Um, and so that was just something that meant something to us, but then also was kind of a, a standout name that maybe people would say, huh, I wonder what they sound like. <laughs> He didn't want to pick something easy like, you know, Grandpa Loves Groundhogs or Mule Deer. <laughs> Had to be something yeah, I, exotic. We're considering uh, Grandma Hates Hippos, but she didn't actually hate hippos, so we went with Grandpa Loves Rhinos. <laughs> I have to tell you that I first heard Grandpa Loves Rhinos in 2013 when Arm's Length was included on the Punk Never Dies 2 compilation. Nice. But give us the story. When did the band actually begin? So I, I want to say it was around 2011 um, when we really started creating songs long distance. So me and Seth are both in the Air Force. Uh, Seth commissioned in, as an officer in 2011. And so we basically were separated since then. And... We started, you know, trying to work things out and create songs um, remotely over the internet. And we made two demo songs. Um, I remember sending some of those to uh, Dave from HM, uh, Hard Music Magazine. And we were actually, like, included in his uh, Pick of the Litter. Went back when the magazine was, was actual magazine. Back in the print and, days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, we made a few more uh, demo songs. And I've always been into uh individual music you know finding new bands to discover through there so and brandon from individual music has always been put out those awesome compilations and i thought why not you know send it to him and see what happens and, and he uh put it on there but i, I would say 2011 really is when we kind of started this you mentioned about being in the military are you still in that now yep uh both of us are still active duty officers uh, i'm a satellite operator and Seth has a little bit of a cooler job. He's a fighter pilot, so. <laughs> He's a... Well, here's something I don't get. How do you keep a band going, being in the military? Well, we could not do it without Dropbox and the internet. I'll make something. I'll send it to Paul. He's thousands of miles away. He'll listen to it, do his drums, send it back to me. I'll put stuff on top of it. Uh, we'll call each other, talk about ideas, talk about names, talk about changes in the lyrics or changes in symbols. And it's actually a great way, not just to make music for us, we've found that it works really well for us, 
but it's also just a great way to keep connected as brothers. Uh, you know, you grow up together for your entire childhood, you know, teenage years, and we're separated by two years. And like Paul said, like at a certain time, we just kind of have to split. You kind of start doing your own adult life, but staying in touch, talking about music, like we've always had a similar feeling about music, how what, what kind of music we like. Uh, so why not continue to be connected through uh, a band that, even though we're separated from uh, geographically, we can keep on talking about it and keep on playing music. Well, now it's time for you guys to be honest. Brother relationships can sometimes be pretty strange. So what are the highs and low points for the hides? <laughs> uh, the high and low points. Uh, well, the the high points, I would say... We are very similar people in our tastes. So as far as in agreement on music and what we want to do with the band is uh, pretty easy to get on the same wavelength. Any disagreement we had about something would be very minor as far as in like our music goes. And whoever feels more strongly about a certain topic, then that person will usually be the, the winner of whatever uh, direction we have to go. Um as far as in other parts of our life, I feel like we would we like similar kind of movies, similar humor. Uh, so I can't really think of any like real low points. I don't know why I always think of this <laughs> time I pushed. I pushed Paul. I remember it was in high school. I think I was in high school, and I pushed Paul into a towel rack, like a a, a rod that is uh, drilled into the wall, like that just holds towels in a bathroom. And I, I have no idea what I was mad at him about. But I just pushed him into it, and he like bent it because I pushed him so hard. Yeah, that was that was, was a low point. I think I was like teasing you about something. I was I can't remember what it was either, but I was teasing you, and you did not like it. And then yeah, you pushed me. <laughs> that was, I feel like there's there's so many high points, probably because our dad passed away when we were little, and or at least in my mind, I was still little. And so, like, we only had really each other to keep on going through that. So it just makes a stronger bond. And yeah, it just carries on till today. And the music, uh, making music together, I think just helps that. And that's what we're here to talk about tonight is the new Grandpa Loves Rhinos album, Searching in the Sarcasm. Now, Sweet. I have to explain that sarcastic humor is Canada's national brand of humor. Are you <laughs> trying to steal our culture? <laughs> I hadn't considered it, um, but now that you mention it, maybe, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Uh, like we have, I we have a dog. Me and my wife have a dog, and I've always wanted to have a moose. So if we had a moose and started stealing that uh, that kind of humor or that kind of that culture, then man, maybe we should start moving to the north and come a mountie or something. Well, I can help you find a dog sled for your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how Searching in the Sarcasm is full of pop culture references. It ranges from Kirk Douglas's death to Flintstone Vitamins to Heffalumps. Yeah. But you take oh, that wow. to, the, to the next level on Gimme Gimme. It's about greed and being self-centered. Why did you feel it was important to write the song? I felt like it was important to write the song. Because I think everybody, at least in America, and maybe Dave, you can weigh in on uh, the Canadian side of the house, 
But everyone in, in America is addicted to something, and it could be something completely socially acceptable, something that most people do, but there is still that addiction that is taking you away from something you probably should be doing. After we made this song, and I played it for my wife, she went, oh, is that song about me? And I said, well, no, but I mean, kind of, it's kind of about everybody. Like, everybody is got something there that they do that just gives them that like rush and uh even how how minor it might be but um it might be taking them away from something else like for me call of duty it's tough to just get off the call of duty because man it's so fun but it is (laughs) a huge waste of time huge waste of time and i'm addicted to my phone i think uh whether it be spotify imgur which is like the hilarious meme um app uh got to spend time doing that instead of like reading something or learning something or improving the the reason i made this song is hopefully to remind people like what if i maybe don't even realize that i am too invested in that is detracting me from something else you know i really love how grandpa loves rhinos bounces through genres pop punk rock emo but i need to know like do the two of you have a preference yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just because we like it all that it kind of comes out in our music. So, you know, we were heavily influenced a lot by the kind of the early 2000s. I mean, a lot of the tooth and nail scene, like that era of bands and then kind of Under Oath and Emery kind of got us into that uh, screaming and the hardcore music. Um, and then, I mean, we love like bands like Fiverr and Frenzy is just one of our top bands that is a ska band. I think all that stuff just kind of comes out in whatever we like. Um, I think I would say my favorite is kind of the, I guess it's called post-hardcore, which is kind of the singing, screaming mix. That's definitely my favorite. Uh, It's my favorite to listen to. It's my favorite to drum to. Uh, So that's kind of what I like. Are you overjoyed that Five Iron Frenzy has got a new album coming? Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Me too. I I was living in uh, Denver uh, before this, um, I was stationed in uh, Denver, and so I got to see them twice, play some shows there. A lot of them are still living in, in the area, but it was so fun to get to see them. I would 100% agree with Paul. If we could be more post-hardcore, we probably would be. The limiting factor there is that I cannot scream as well as I wish I could, because I also like the screaming and singing mix uh, and kind of more of the harder stuff. Uh, I just can't pull it off as well as I want to. And so the things I feel like I can pull off, we kind of go in that direction. But uh, I would agree. Huge fan of Five Iron Frenzy, which is a lot different than post-hardcore, but as far as in, like playing music and singing to it, I think I like the post-hardcore genre the most as well. Well, something that fits between Five Iron Frenzy and Grandpa Loves Rhinos is how often your album is really off the wall. And that <laughs> turns serious with a song like It's Not Home Without You, which says, It's not home if you're not here. When I wake up and I'm all alone, this place ain't home. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I was going for, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Uh, I think... I don't know if you guys have seen the the British version of The Office, but I feel like the serious moments in The Office 
are so much more dramatic and heartfelt than a lot of dramas because the contrast between the off-the-wall crazy weirdness and hilarity that's going on, it gives that uh, three-dimensional, I, I, I didn't want to use the word contrast again, but it gives that contrast uh, to what is serious and, and not so serious. But that was my goal uh, of making a song like that amongst the midst of the kind of the weird lyrics, the strange words I use or at least the words I think are weird that I use. Uh, that's kind of the reason of, of why that's in there. I was thinking, um, if I just did, if we just did like a serious album, it's it's just kind of all black. There's no contrast. There's no depth to it. But mm-hmm. maybe if I put a serious song in there, it'll it'll you'll feel it more based on that change. So I was going for. Don't know if it it landed, but hopefully it's recognized that it's uh, about my wife. She is also a fighter pilot. She's also an officer in the Air Force, uh, so she's pretty baller. She had to do a uh, what we call a TDY, which is essentially uh, when you have to go to some other base and be there for weeks or months, and she was gone for quite a long time, uh, and so it was just a song about missing her, really. Uh, it was just me and the dog. The dog got sick of me after a while, so she needed to, she needed to come on home, but that's, that's when I wrote that song. And how many points did you get for writing that song for her? Well, actually, not as many points as the first song I, I wrote for her, <laughs> which is, uh, it's called The Long Game. It was on our, our EP. And we actually danced at our wedding. Like, our first dance was to The Long Game, uh, that song that I made for the, the first EP. But she still thought this new one was quite pleasant. Ah, uh, you're still a romantic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, talking this way, it makes me curious. Do listeners always understand the intentions of your music? Uh, I would seriously doubt it. Um, because I realize that when I listen to other bands, I'm probably not listening as intently as I'm hoping that people listen to our music uh, or in our lyrics. Uh, so probably not. And that's okay. Just like any kind of other form of art, the person viewing listening looking at uh that art is going to interpret it their own way uh the only thing that i can do is i can have a feeling in me try to create music so that when you hear it understand the words try to process the words you feel that same feeling that i felt when i made it and it's probably going to be different than what i intended but um that's all i can really do in my my process I guess earlier I mentioned how Grandpa Loves Rhinos puts out serious and fun songs. You combine the two on It's Gotta Be the Gaming. Maybe you could explain the connection of video games and mental health. Okay. The connection between video games and mental health is a, a path that is not direct. It's as if you started in uh, Los Angeles and went to... Uh, Vancouver, uh, but went through New York on the way. So it's a real roundabout way to get up there. Um, starting with the idea of video games, there was a time, oh man, I don't know if it was the late 90s, mid 90s, early 2000s, where it seemed like a lot of media, news media in particular, was all about you know video games cause violence. Mortal Kombat was one of the games that uh, kept coming up. I think Doom was another one. Uh, games that are 
somewhat gory, uh, Duke Nukem, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was an easy scapegoat, which I think, even today, I think, uh, in, to a lesser extent, it's somewhat blamed for violence, school shootings, uh, teenager angst or rage, where the real culprit is what's going on chemically in someone's brain, maybe other factors, probably actually thousands of factors that are influencing that, where the real root cause of violence is not so much about video games. That is the easy answer. It's an easy solution. So bam, I'm just going to press that button, call it the easy button. I'm going to press the easy button. And that's got to be the reason why. Uh, when in fact, it's it's much deeper than that. It's not a an easy uh, it may be a, a difficult problem with a more complex problem with a complex solution. Um, and I can't tell you exactly what that solution is, but it's not just video games. Isn't that true about everyone? We all want the easy answer. Yeah. What about you guys? Are you willing to accept the gray or do you want to just have everything black and white? I'm, uh, I'm all about the gray. I find it hard sometimes when people talk about things that are good that happen to them or things that are bad that happen to them. I'm the kind of person that's in the realm of everything happens for a reason. If something happened, then there was a reason for it. As far as in like in the grand scheme of the universe, things should happen a certain way and they happen the way they happen because they're supposed to happen. Well, I guess I saved the big question of the night for last I need to know how you define yourselves. Are the Hydes geeks or nerds? Mm, Definitely. So it's tricky because I guess I would say a nerd, but with a caveat. So, you know, I I definitely am nerdy. I like, you know, space. I like uh, board games, but I'm also a band geek. So I don't know if there's band nerds. But band geek is the term. Uh, like in high school, you know, you're you're kind of like in the pep band, and you're instead of out on the, the basketball court or the football field, you're in the band and the stands, and you're playing the your instrument. <laughs> so, but I would say I would say nerd first, but also the caveat wing band geek. <laughs> and you both feel that way. Yeah, I would agree that. Yeah, I think we're both nerds. I think geeks. Uh, have collections. I guess Paul kind of has a board game collection, so maybe he's bordering on it. Uh, I think nerds, though. Yeah, def- definitely nerds. That was, uh, yeah, that was a good question because I hadn't considered that. I, I feel like I'm in deep psychological thought right now about <laughs> the geeks and nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll cover nerds that uh, that make music. Yep, that's us. We've talked about your music, and of course, all of the artists that come on to The Antidote are really coming at it with a faith-based perspective. How does that fit with Grandpa Loves Rhinos? Um, Seth and I both are Christians. That comes out as just kind of in everyday life. So in our music, we have that perspective, but... I mean, anything we're experiencing is, is going to come out in our music. So especially with lyrics, and I, maybe Seth can talk a little bit more, but I think a lot of times it comes out in a covert way. 
It's not very overt as far as uh, like worshipful or anything, but a lot of our lyrics and our songs um, have an underlying faith perspective. Um, there is something you know worth believing in and a way to look at this world with you know God as the center and and Christ as our Savior. So it's just not as overt, I think, as as many of the other faith-based bands out there. But as people, um, that is important to us. It's just going to come out naturally. If you imagine just a blank white piece of paper and you have a pencil, if uh, that pencil represents like our lyrics, you could draw a cross one line down and one line left to right, and that would make a cross. What I'm trying to do with the lyrics is shade on the piece of paper all around the edges and then start moving in and around so that when you look at the piece of paper, there's a cross with the white exposed and not just the pencil. So kind of like talking around all of it in order to not be down your throat in your face, but the aura, the kind of the shape, the body of the lyrics kind of describe the underlying kind of themes. I don't know if I made any sense just now. <laughs> the best uh, song that represents that, I think, is Why Do You Have to Die? Like you mentioned, the pop references in the beginning, the first verse is about uh, Spartacus, Why Do You Have to Die? Uh, is it just because the director wanted a complex storyline? Um, and then the second verse, the second verse is actually about a, a neighbor, her husband died from a heart attack. Uh, I was trying to create a metaphor between him and literally their clock in their home that stopped at the exact same time that he died. There's also the element of our dad who passed away, like, why do you have to die? Uh, and then thinking about all of the things I've just said about why do you have to die, hopefully you can get some implication about if these guys are a Christian band, I wonder if they're talking about Jesus. The answer is... Kind of what we talked about before, as far as in everything happens for a reason. It's sad, like you're struck with grief, but in some way it was supposed to happen, and there was a reason for it, as terrible as it is to accept. But with Jesus, uh, hopefully that reason is is very clear. Uh, that's, I think, the best example of how we're trying to do our lyrics, do our messages, and, and create a, a picture for what we represent. It's been great to have Grandpa Loves Rhinos on The Antidote. Guys, thanks so much for coming for this talk. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be on here.